0: you're listening to the cleveland review of books podcast i'm billy lennon today i'm talking with will harrison about his piece a servant to sound on Mackenzie works raving which was published earlier this year by duke university press as a part of their practices series we discussed laurel halo not selling out the scene k-time the history of techno in the midwest raving as liberatory practice walking around town with the cute little dj mixtape playing and situationism. Will Harrison writes about literature and the visual arts. His work has appeared in The Baffler, Freeze, Bomb, The New York Times Magazine, and other magazines. Hi, welcome to another episode of the Cleveland Review Books podcast. Today I'm talking with Will Harrison about his piece, Raving, or uh, a review of Raving by Mackenzie Work. Put out by yes. Duke University <laughs> Press. Um, Will how's it going? It's going well how about you? You know doing all right. Doing all right. So yeah this is the last podcast I recorded was with Micah Cash who wrote about
1: oh, Osamu eyes.
0: Oh you do? Work. Yeah. Yeah he's cool. Sorry, what did he write about? He wrote about The Flowers of Buffoonery by Osamu Dazi. Cool. Which is a book that I've read by an author I've spent a lot of time thinking about raving other than the fact that i like lived in london for a couple years uh cool. i don't know shit about like at all so that's all right engaging with your work has been instructed or
1: whatever R- raving is sort of about not knowing shit i feel like <laughs>
0: <laughs> and talking to your homies about layering four tracks at once exactly or not talking to your homies at all <laughs> yeah yeah Okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean I feel like raving is this weird thing for me lately where it's like a place to both sort of work out language in my head in private but then also obviously sort of move to this place beyond language I feel like which yeah. is a lot of what this book is about in a lot of ways obviously.
0: Yeah, we're definitely going to get into that. All like, yeah. the neologisms <laughs> and stuff. Yes. It's like, there's no language for this. Let's, like, create a language yeah. for it. And exactly. be as yeah, a, hyper-focused a... on language and concepts. is <laughs> yeah, did a really good job of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I guess before even diving into the book, want to give a little, uh, like, background on how you came to raving. Mm. And, like, maybe some, like, tenets of what's the difference between, like, a rave and like the kind of stuff you're going to and just like a traditional, like hit up a nightclub or. Something.
1: No, totally. I feel like a lot of people are talking about that recently how like raving is getting misused in a weird way. Cause it's like, it's not like the club isn't a rave, but obviously they're adjacent to each other. So, um, you know, a club usually closes at three or four. A rave, I think implies like much more of like a breakage or destruction or in a positive way of time. Um, I feel like if you buy, you know, I just bought a ticket to like a rave in July and it's like the flyer said like midnight to sunrise and like, you know, or midnight to late. And sort of the implication is just sort of things will go until the DJ feels like stopping Um, Mm -hmm. or, you know, 11 to 9 is an often. I feel like so. God. And then, I mean, raving, I feel like that implies like, if not something illegal, something a little more less legal or underground and more usually there's more care put into that than a club not that there's anything wrong with clubbing I do that too but it is interesting that that sort of I mean that comes back to language too yeah it getting slightly miss or you know rave the word rave is being asked to do too much lately perhaps because you know (laughs) half the time people are referring to going to a club but yeah
0: so are these normally in like warehouses then um where it's like questionable whether or not it can be used. yeah by your, I, I mean yeah. they're definitely like the, yeah a
1: rave proper is usually in a, in, a, in a warehouse of sorts i mean i feel like we're in a we're in an interesting era where typical cliche of like a warehouse rave is and isn't true it's sort of like you know it's 2023 so the development of of greater brooklyn and new york is sort of making that sort of fissure harder and harder to find perhaps in an urban context. But I feel like promoters or planners or DJs are still finding ways to make things feel pretty um, wholesome, community-based, or sort of word of mouth adjacent, if not literally. Um, And yeah, I feel like, I, I don't know, you asked how I got into it more. I feel like I mean, I don't know if this was an experience for a lot of people, but in a way, I didn't really maybe realize how much this stuff meant to me until, as cliche as it sounds, until it was taken away kind of during COVID and sort of, I feel like I used that time to sort of almost like a lot of people I know sort of do more of my own, I don't DJ at all, but like I feel like that that was when I sort of actually started learning more about genres, different music, different sort of micro genres or whatever different sounds i liked um but you know that's like that's a huge part of it i feel like for me it's just sort of building that catalog almost of of you know this dj plays that i'm excited about this sound so i'm gonna go see like different people from their label or you know just keep my eye out for that person when they come yeah. back to town. um yeah i mean i feel like new york is just sort of You know, I had a lot of friends go to this festival movement in Detroit, which was Mm -hmm. over um, a Memorial Day. And, you know, I wanted to go, but I didn't feel like I had the money for it. So I stayed here. And it's like in New York, like you almost can just stay put and just wait for people to come through, which is a pretty amazing, you know, a nice thing.
0: Growing up in Cleveland, very used to the um, acts, I mean, I'm thinking more like indie rock but totally yeah but still deer Deer hunter is just gonna fly right over (laughs) from Chicago to Philly yeah I mean they'll hit Detroit though yeah anyways the Midwest is like
1: everybody either wishes they're from there or fantasizes about it or it's a weird it's an interesting thing it's like a family in Cincinnati so Mm -hmm. that's obviously not like it's really Chicago and Detroit but like still it's sort of like I didn't expect like Midwest ties I have to be like so relevant to like a, yeah, like a something so yeah, it's it's cool though.
0: Yeah, um, we'll definitely get into Chicago and Detroit and for sure. like, those scenes that came up um in your in your piece. And I guess just one more uh like question. So mm. b- before diving in. Sure. Like I mentioned, I lived in London for a couple of years and I became pretty like I, not too deep, but I got kind of deep into like, um, I think it's Hyperdub, that sure, label. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. They had like Burial and like Laurel Halo and stuff. Yeah, but it it struck me like the way Warwick is writing about this. Like the guy who started that was part of like the Cybernetics Culture Research Unit, and got has I a PhD from Warwick. So
1: yeah, no, it's this kind of
0: highbrow like... shit. It's the the, uk
1: stuff is super heady like that seems to be like my my friends who dj who are almost like like i'm sick of four on the floor I, i like the uk based stuff i like the sort of broken sound like almost like yeah that that stuff almost feels like one of the nerdiest in a good way sounds out there and i feel like yeah like laurel halo i saw her at nowadays like a month ago i've been listening And they released that mix on on SoundCloud. I've been listening to that, like, so much recently. It's just, like, so... She's great. She's amazing, yeah. And she's from Ann Arbor, Michigan. Oh, okay, cool, yeah. Yeah, that set, like, it's insane. Like, it's, like, I don't know. I've just been thinking about how much, like, how much just dance music, the sounds in it, just feel like Looney Tunes aesthetics. It's, like, you know, you're, (laughs) like... Eyes popping on your skull, your tongue's a staircase, stuff like that. And, like, that. Yeah. Her, her <laughs> Tongue's set, a
0: staircase.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the set I heard from her recently was totally like that. And I feel lucky to be able to, like, I feel like the archival element of all of it is also something that, you know, we could talk to about that interests me. Like, you know, it's, like, obviously, like, not every set I hear live gets uploaded. But, like, when something like that does, it's just like, okay, hell yeah, I can, like, really, like, study this and i don't even know like what i i feel pretty solidly like i'm a writer and a raver more than like a aspiring dj or anything so it's like i don't even really know <laughs> what yeah. i'm studying in a weird way but like it's yeah it's weirdly become part of my process it feels
0: also yeah like fucking everybody in london It yeah like being the guy who you know kind of takes up the acoustic guitar is just done (laughs) like everyone's you know I feel like in um... like that's like the hobby like I have friends no I was gonna say I feel like like, the two
1: one of the things I feel like Mackenzie work is getting at in this book and then I've seen in a few other articles like there was a resident advisor article I forget who by recent you know in the last half year it was sort of addressing like the way like only now is like this culture becoming even a little mainstream in like in the U S but then, yeah, it's like there, it's like, you can be kind of like, you know, someone who we might read as like a normie in in the U S and like be really into that, like pretty nerdy, like to us, pretty like niche sound, mm-hmm. which is kind of like, I don't know. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't spent it. I would love to go to London and check out the scene and, I haven't mm-hmm. really, yeah, had the opportunity, yeah, but yeah, like, what year were you I, there?
0: I was there like fall 2019 to oh, like cool, fall cool. 2021. Nice, yeah. nice, nice. Um, yeah, did did not rave. I was more of a go check out.
1: <laughs> I mean, there's so much like, 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 like uh, <laughs> I,
0: I, uh, what's the what's a good way to put this? Like, you have your like, like white boy. Kind of has like a violin strumming thing. Yeah. He's yeah, going yeah. to like cool. not even play the guitar. A girl is just going to like croon. They're going to yeah. like light nine candles and play until the candles go out. Like, that sounds they, nice. have some, they it, it was actually cool. There, there's
1: no, I mean, there's a really are... good
0: like avant garde scene. Yeah.
1: I mean, I feel like those people are like taking that's like ambient, you know, or that's like, you know, it's like it's all related in a way.
0: Yeah. yeah. Like even Laurel Halo is dropping some like totally esque shit. Yeah. Totally. Like on uh, the one where the cover looks like a trippy Edward Hopper painting. I'm blanking yeah. on the name of it. You're um, good. I am too. <laughs> anyways, so okay, diving in.
1: <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah.
0: Could you give a like brief rundown on what this Duke practices series is? If you can, because um, I also saw, I got, I picked one up uh, on running. I also right. saw and then one I saw on there was Fly one Fishing. Fly Fishing, like,
1: yeah. That's
0: the dude's Rock one.
1: No. Um, what do you that's great... the
0: That's the, the dude's Rock one. Yeah. <laughs> I should have picked that yeah, up. Yeah, they're running, that.
1: juggling, fly fishing, and raving. I mean, I didn't know that much about the series. I found the series through this book, in a way. Mm-hmm. I feel like people have been talking about this book, the r- raving, I mean, for a while before it came out. I was really hellbent on finding a way to write about it, but I felt like I sent out a few different pitches to like other places I've worked with and they didn't seem that interested, which is fine, but I felt like a huge mistake on their part. So it was awesome to find you guys. Um, But yeah, I feel like, I don't know. It is, it is a practice. It definitely reaches that point, but it's sort of, I, I think it was in an interview not in the null in the book itself, but work mentioned how one of the things she really likes about it is like it's at a rave, it's like everyone's expending all this energy towards nothing in a way. It's like there's nothing getting made. There's an it's sort of like
0: the surplus and batai. Right. Something.
1: There's like, yeah, it's like there's all this like frothing at like energy. And it's going towards something. You can feel it in the room. And it's very sp- special if you're like tapped into it in that moment. But I do like that idea that it's like, it's not going towards capital in any way. And it's sort of, you know, when people say like cruising utopia is so influential on like how people talk about nightlife as this like potential utopic space, which I think is so valid and true and like, great to think about but it also can be something a little more nebulous or attainable than that i feel like it's like it doesn't quite need to be utopian to be you know immersive worthwhile transportive
0: on a different note like regarding like the practices series yeah one thing that i've always and then i want to ask you a little bit about Mackenzie work
1: yeah for sure um
0: but (laughs) I th- I remarked to a friend a lot like five years ago, just like like having like critic meta brain where mm. you're constantly getting into stuff, but then you. And I think this is why work is so obsessed with uh like different forms of time in this. Definitely. Like, I'm like in a situation, then I gotta like figure out what's going on, and then I'm not in the situation anymore, and it's totally. like a sickness, and then. <clears throat> On the one hand, this is just even more of that by like writing a book about a practice, like another version of like critic brain or whatever, but it's also like a way to get back into, um, by approaching it in that way, you can be in the moments more, I don't know. Oh no, no, totally, yeah. I think it's like, a lot of
1: it is like for her and for myself, a process of like, how to sort of half use your brain Shut your brain off enough so that you can use it in a new different way or or maybe get a break from it completely.
0: Yeah. Like I remember this one uh professor from University of Michigan, like came and gave a talk at Oberlin when I was there. Mm. And he was just like, you know, like I'll be trying to eat a Big Mac. <laughs> and my brain just I'm just like, fuck you, man. Yeah, like he's, shut the he's fuck like, up. He's like, my brain won't yeah, yeah oh no but yeah i, I like, like i just i like this idea of overcoming that oh yeah that's a lot back of into the practice getting getting one's
1: brain to shut the fuck up is a huge part of it for me yeah yeah drugs okay uh, i'm just <laughs> kidding so i don't I, I, record, mean, I don't no, do that no, many I mean, drugs
0: i was thinking more like uh <laughs> prescription like a mood stabilizer type thing uh sure. but anyways anyways sure <laughs> Mackenzie work though she's normally writing books on like theory and situationism i mean i guess it makes sense this is a natural evolution but she's kind of a theory hero new school prof versatile totally. books uh could you give a little rundown of maybe how you came to her work
1: yeah i mean i feel like I'd read her her previous work a bit. I'm like half a theory head and half think it's not a waste of time, but not necessarily my passion. I feel like for me, like I'll read like 15 pages of someone and chew on it and then like try to apply it and like half remember it, half forget. (laughs) I was super intrigued about where she would take this for similar reasons, because I was just sort of. New from i guess like she's almost been teasing this book for a couple years so like i'd encountered excerpts of it in different magazines um and so you know i feel like i was half confident it would be as immersive and mind-breaking in a good way as it was but also sort of afraid not afraid but sort of you know, even when I was telling different friends in, in the rave scene about pitching or or trying to review this book and, you know, once it got the, the go-ahead and I was working on it, I feel like a lot of people felt, if not uncomfortable, were sort of like, good luck. Um, and part of that coming from not wanting to sort of... The, it, obviously I mentioned this interview, the sort of ineffable nature of things. It's sort of impossible to write about so much happening at once, whether visual stimuli, sonic, et cetera, but then also like sort of a fear of selling out the scene. And I feel like a lot of, you know, an average, you know, if you're going to a sort of a non rave situation, but like a club situation, like say, going to nowadays on a friday night nowadays closes probably at six DJ usually stops at six or seven a.m and you know up till like two three four you're in this area where like there's too many fucking people there a lot of the time and so you're sort of fighting for your life on the dance floor and you're sort of trying to get room and you know you're trying to find your friends maybe but you're also just trying to find yourself and You know around three four that's when like alien hours begin and sort of people the people who are there to get drunk or try to get laid or sort of you know head out and then things get a little more a little more weird a little more magical there's a little more room to dance and i feel like you know how how the hell can writing really capture that but i feel like obviously i in from the review i feel like she did an excellent job of that um and I feel like she did like one of the techniques I really admired that she didn't, she's naming like DJs. She's naming enough particulars that, you know, you know, if you're like in this world, you know, enough to know. She's signifying like her knowledge enough for like an insider. But then there's also just like enough vagueness that like, I feel like anyone can tap into it. Um, And I feel like, yeah, I don't know. Like the technique that she used, of basically half using theory, basically almost using fictional techniques to build towards theoretical ideas, I thought Mm -hmm. was incredibly clever and sort of like assuaged that concern of mine pretty quickly. It was like, okay, this is not dry. It's very experiential and sort of, you know, almost making it into like this little video game of sorts or something.
0: I was going to ask you about some of the neologism things. Yeah, for sure. I think that tangentially though, before that, hmm. I think like one one of the fears it seems like for the rave scene is uh this practice of like style extraction. Totally. So like, so, like anything that could uh you know, like taking anything out of it and then then it can be packaged and presented to people and then it can. I mean, when you said selling out the scene, yeah, that's I just feel like what people, I was thinking.
1: About. People in my life were like, "All right, like go ahead, write this piece," and then like I feel like once it came out, like people in in my orbit appreciated it and like realized it wasn't that but like there is some legitimate concern it's like all right like don't name the venue or else it's gonna get even more fucking crowded you know like Mm -hmm. it's like this weird yeah it's a weird dance but then clubs are you know people throwing parties they got to make money somehow because it's already a really slim margin and you know a lot of people like i don't drink very much so it's like (laughs) the heads you know the people are there to dance almost aren't the ones spending the, money, the mm-hmm. money it's, it's weird it's like a weird but that's sort of another issue but it's all it's
0: all part of it yeah you, yeah What? you <laughs> can't do the uh like the non rave people i mean you'd be <laughs> against the spirit like yeah you can get in for a hundred grand like a no Wall i know street guy. Like you don't
1: you want it to be a welcoming thing <laughs> for sure
0: like a user-friendly thing
1: it's a weird, yeah, it's a weird balance. I think about it every weekend, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, so let's get into some of these neologisms. Yeah, let's, yes. Uh, there are ones like, I mean, obviously, K-time is a one, but the constructed yeah. <laughs> situations, enlustment, euphoria.
1: Yeah, euphoria is um, good. Side
0: chain time. Yeah, that um, one. Junk place, good. junk space zones. Mm-hmm. Um, Any of those you'd like to kind of elucidate? Sure. Yeah. I mean, so I guess (laughs) really quickly
1: that she mentions the the Punisher type and that is like something that's like this Easter egg. I feel like what I'm talking about, where it's like everyone who like is in the scene is like would be like, thank you for saying that. Because there's this like sensation of like, you know, specifically like a tall white dude who's just like taking up a shit ton of space and like either not even dancing or like whatever, talking to their friend that one's not that interesting it's just like clocking something real i mean i think like the constructed situation is sort of like where everything departs from like i feel like that's like the the sort of lodestar in a way because it's like the intention of everything is so important to like a rave or even a club night being fun or immersive or successful um is the lighting good is the sound good enough are there people you know there's this recurring rave series that i really like the booking for but like i'm not going to name them but like it's like uh i was at it the other month like a month ago and i feel like this piece had just come out of sort of like thinking about all this stuff more um in a different way now that i was like sort of weirdly done with this project it was like I was on the dance floor. The the fog machine was going off for like solid 20 minutes, which isn't necessarily a problem, but it was getting really foggy to the point where it's like, can the DJs even see the the decks at this point? And like, Mm -hmm. but there was no evidence of anyone like working like the space as like a safe space monitor or just sort of like, you know, like as a host per se. And that was a situation where I was like, well, that party was good in some ways, but it gets docked in my book because they're not like, you give them 40 bucks and then they there's no one there's no one there to like sort of you know attend to the situation so i feel like the i'm i'm sort of obsessed with i think spatial stuff too just like urban planning or architecture just like how space makes you feel so that's a huge part of it for, for me like if i'll go to a rave And, you know, one of my other rave friends went to something else or didn't go out that night. They're like, what was the venue like? What was the layout like? I'll, you know, like draw the like layout almost for them or whatever. And like, so that's sort of like this point of departure then that like leads to these, these states that she's defining. And I feel like, yeah, I don't know. The sort of the general rave space which takes place often in junk space like that's all like very on point point. and then like it's like k time is this time like hovering inside of a constructed situation that then hopefully you can tap into and then sort of like it's like this moving thing that you can like jump onto and then it's like maybe that takes you to enlistment or or xenophobia kind of you know
0: is K typically like the drug of choice of these things?
1: Uh yeah, ketamine is. Is I feel like reigns supreme. I feel like okay. in a weird way. I mean, it's a it's a funny drug because it's pretty subtle, and you know, it's not. It's not like MDMA or something like that. That's just gonna like blast the roof off your head in a way, which is kind of I think why people like it because it's a little bit more sustainable perhaps and it's a little bit more like it's very introspective so it's sort of like part of the like you're in a community perhaps like I feel like I have genuine community in this scene but then also at the end of the day it's one of the few places where I'm like enjoying spending time by myself like on the dance floor and I feel like that's definitely the appeal of of ketamine it's sort of like introducing like this new type of introspection that doesn't feel as scary maybe as like day-to-day introspection mm-hmm. but. but yeah I feel like the k-time thing is more like the I feel like I'm tapping into ketamine time even if I'm not on ketamine Which so it's like sort of like it's like a good way of her gesturing towards something but it's not like you get kind of like more into this stuff it's sort of just like a mindset as much as like a as yeah, like, I under, yeah i understand
0: yeah and ultimately like you're constructing like a really good night but it mm. seems like it's also i don't want to say therapeutic but like
1: no it is you're you're yeah. you're coming
0: yeah i mean you're coming out of it it's it's a thing that's part of like self development or something like totally. it's a positive thing
1: totally and also just on like a very very literal level like the you know time She's getting at like all the elements of like, like this week, <laughs> this weekend, I went to like the Mets game on Friday. Then I went, and then I basically felt like I was at a rave until Monday. You know, like not <laughs> quite, but like it felt that way. And it's just like you are just like utterly destroying time or, you know, remake, refashioning it is maybe a better way of thinking about it. But then also there's just like the literal element of like the people who I end up going to things with you spend so much time with them and then it's like you're sort of like there are people who I like almost hardly hung out with outside of this context but like they're like some of my closest friends or you know it's just like it's a specific maybe friendship but it's like it feels like very deep because of literal shared time in a way yeah
0: is there anything you're taking from like rave culture and how it's affecting you that you're kind of applying to everyday life, so to speak? Like, are you bringing that same energy to anything? Uh, I don't know.
1: Like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah. I think so. I mean, like I said, just the, the, the eye or even like taking things from life to raving and vice versa, like the eye for like how spaces make me feel, um, And just, I think the attentiveness, um, I think it's like made me more calm and sort of like disorderly or chaotic social situations. It's sort of like finding a way to zen out in like a crowded place has been definitely useful for my life in New York. Um, yeah, and just, like, I don't know, the music itself is just such a part of my day-to-day life. Like, the way the way one listens to it with people very loud or sort of more, you know, walking, walking around to, like, a mix is, like, part of my writing process at this point, I feel like. Because it's just sort of like, what was that sound? Okay, that sounds like ping pong balls and whipped cream. That sounds like, you know, that sounds like a digital, like rav4 driving up like a desert hill or whatever you know like (laughs) that kind of stuff yeah which is very like small scale but i just sort of it's like okay i'll write that down put that put that in my notes app see what happens to it later but i feel like it's like it teaches me to do sort of this like accretion of ideas so it's like I'll go out on a Friday night and I have like two ideas on the dance floor. They're not even that good. They're probably just like visual descriptions of sound like that. But, you know, I'll put them in my notebook, so to speak. And then it keeps building in a way because it's just sort of like, I mean, it's like she gets at this. like you you step into a ray of time and you're connected with like every time you've been in that time in a weird way. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of just like like You're the spirit like, world and like avatar forever time. yeah yeah <laughs> all right <laughs> if you watch if
0: you've watched Korra, yeah uh, <laughs> yeah well i think we might even like have enough like now yeah i
1: think i think so
0: yeah and i would say i mean is it um footwork in chicago and like acid yeah house? i love footwork. and then detroit but, yeah. techno it's worth um we won't get into it now but obviously like the first thing that i said was like london and hyperdub and stuff but a lot oh, yeah. of the, uh, like this music has roots in the midwest and it's a really cool. fascinating history
1: oh it's um, an amazing history yeah i mean i feel like that's another great thing about the scene is that like everybody who's super invested in it is such a such a nerd like so archivally oriented i feel like i feel like one, a lot of my friends are sort of, like, on the come up as DJs, so it's, like, I'm working on writing stuff alongside them while they're, like, sort of going through tracks, and they're, like, they're doing this archival research while I'm doing, like, my own research, and it's sort of, like, same, same, different, and it's... Mm. A lot of that is just being, like, okay, like, we're seeing RP Boo this weekend, let's get some footwork, let's see, like, Coco Bryce get some drum and bass and Jungle. You know, it's just, like... Yeah. it's Once you start geeking out on genre a genre level, it's just it never ends in a way, because you're just like, oh shit, that guy's coming to town. I need to see that. And it's like...
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's good. I'm not going to try to... I'm not going to try to uh, upgrade the Zoom, like, right now. No, you're good. We're you're running good. I think we, I think right, we got they, it they, they, Yeah, it, this hasn't happened before. Uh <laughs> it's gone this long. Um, yeah, thanks so much, Will. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah thank you, Billy. Oh, let's hang out sometime.
1: For sure, I'd love that. Yeah, I actually went to... It's funny, you went to Overland. I went to Canyon, which is, like, funny oh shit yeah don't Go put that out. on the plot though or I don't know out. well whatever I'm <laughs> joking alright bye have a good rest of your day you too take care
0: bye. thanks again for listening to the Cleveland Review of Books podcast producer and artist A Live of Cleveland's own Moomine Collective graciously provided the music we use for the intro as well as the music you're listening to right now We publish reviews, essays, interviews, and excerpts online at clereviewofbooks.com about three times per week. We recommend signing up for our bi-weekly newsletter, a link to which can be found in the show notes, as we all adjust to a shifting social media environment. You can also purchase issues and merch, including hats, tote bags, and shirts in our online store. I'd also like to shout out all of our amazing editors, including Zach Peckham, Bree DeMonda, Robert Giddings, Alana Pokros, Angela Maniage, Morgan Ford, Michael Cardico, Helen Rauner, Jacob Bruggeman, Philip Harris, Ali Black, Isabel Blakeway Phillips, Eli Scope, and R.A. Washington. See you next time.